Hey y'all, I'm Kua. And this is Kendra. And this is the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Podcast about inclusive cultures and everything DEI. Hey Kua. Hey Kendra. We're back for another episode. Another episode. I know. I always like love coming together and just talking about all things DEI because we go through this every day. But if for whatever reason, like when we have our podcast, it's like there's joy in it. Because that's I get true. to do it with my friends. That's the, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like it's it's an opportunity for us to bring on wonderful guests. Yes. We have a guest we're going to talk to uh, in just a second. But, you know, get into community. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things as leaders that we really need to make sure that we're staying grounded with each other. And this is definitely one of those ways that we get to do that. And reconnect. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have a hot topic for today. We're going to dive into that. Dive into the hot topic. Let's do it. Um, So the hot topic is coming from Fortune. And it says that resenteeism, resenteeism. I know that's hard to say. I know. Resenteeism (laughs) is the latest trend plaguing workers. And it's even more dangerous than quiet quitting. Um, and so at, it says at the height of the great resignation last year, it didn't take much for most workers to quit their jobs for greener pastures, um, whether or not they regretted it, things look much different today. So now they're talking about this economy, which is a little bit different. And they are talking about, um, different layoffs and recession fears, but more people are staying put because of that. Um, even if they're unhappy and that phenomenon has now led to this new buzzword, resentism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they said it's dubbed as a natural successor to quiet quitting. Uh, resentism describes the act of staying in an unsatisfying job due to a perceived lack of better options or fear of job insecurity. Um, and a worker in those circumstances begins to actively resent their current workplace and often doesn't do a great job of hiding it. Mm-hmm. So what happens? They resent their, their job. They don't want to be there. And that then trickles into maybe other areas uh, and impacting other people. And so they're talking about employees that feel undervalued, underappreciated, and worried about their futures are never going to be happy in their jobs. And now there's a rise of this feeling um, Mm -hmm. that's happening in the workplace. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. And also, too, I find it interesting. They were talking about it's a rejection to hustle culture, right? Yeah. So I think growing up, we always talk about how you had to, like, hustle in your job and you had to make sure that you finish projects or you were assigned to stretch assignments. Right. Things of that nature. But now it's like, even if I did all that, what's the result? Mm-hmm. So if I'm quiet quitting or resentism, mm-hmm. resenting my job, right, I'm still getting the same result. Right. So. Um, I think this is all talking about tying back into overall employee engagement, Mm -hmm. um, open communication with your employees as well, and really empowering people leaders to lead. Yeah. Right. And it's more than just having weekly meetings and check-ins. It's expecting leaders to actually go beyond that. I think it's interesting, too, because um, so Esther Perel, she's like that famous psychologist Mm -hmm. um, who does a lot of uh, work with counselors and things like that. She talked about this notion of where this this responsibility is being placed. There's a lot of people who are coming into the workplace after COVID and feeling a different way about their jobs. Mm-hmm. But now the expectation, you know, you used to go talk about that with maybe your friends or family and had that connection. Now you're bringing that to the work 
the workplace mm-hmm. and saying this is y'all problem to solve. Right. Y'all have to solve this. There's a um, shift that has been happening in terms of your overall happiness mm-hmm. and what that looks like. And now more employers are feeling that from a sense of, okay, what do we have to do to keep these people engaged where there, there might have been a different balance in the past and now that's not happening. Right. Well, I think because with COVID, I mean, it it forced you to look at your, your priorities differently. Right. Right. So, again, if you're going to get the same result while I'm hustling, mm-hmm. why not quiet quit or resent my job and still get the same result? <laughs> right. No promotions or right. whatever the case right. may That's be. True. Right. That's true. So, and I think it's, it's happening with the younger generation. What can I do to kind of like not skate on by, but again, still get the same result and maybe build my business on the side. Yeah. So I yeah. think. COVID has forced people to look at things differently. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, they also mentioned in the article that uh, resenteeism should come to no surprise because more than half, um, and it says like 57% of Gen Z workers and 66% of millennials are satisfied at their job. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a MetLife survey that came um, in 2022. So although they hate their jobs, they're staying in place because mm-hmm. guess what? You need some money to and survive. And getting benefits. And getting benefits, <laughs> right? Um, and so now we're, we're into this next phase of mm-hmm. what this looks like. And the reality is 2019 seems like it was just yesterday, but that was three years ago at this That's point, crazy. right? That's crazy. Is that three years ago? About three years ago. Three and about, about About three. Oh, about three. Okay. <laughs> so at this point, like... We are grieving what once was, but now we're in this new position yes. of what is. Yes. And I think people are still struggling um, to, yeah. to figure out what that new normal looks like. Yeah. And the know? workforce is changing and people need tools. Absolutely. In order to thrive. Yeah. So I think this is a perfect segue to introduce yes. our guests and what that looks like. So Absolutely. we have Miss Stephanie Pete with us. Hey. Who Hi. is her new title is Director <laughs> of Workforce Development, right? Yep. For Say Yes Buffalo. Yep. Congratulations. So, First of all, congratulations on that promotion. Yeah, Look, she's promotion. been working. She's been but working. that, but we always say like your title is your title, but Stephanie does all the things. A lot so, <laughs> we're going to talk about all of that, too. Absolutely. Um, but, Stephanie, do you want to introduce yourself to the people? Sure. So, I'm Stephanie Pete. As uh, Kendra already said, I'm Director of Workforce Development at Sayas Buffalo. I am also co-owner of Second Chapter Bookstore. Hey! Yes, black-owned, black-focused bookstore with my mom. Let's so, go. Yes. Well, so yeah. We're going to dive into that. we got to dive into that, too, because this is something that you recently launched. Yeah, last Super month. excited about that. Timing was a little crazy. Why, why was that? Because... This promotion and doubling our team uh, and this, but you got it. Though. You got she. She does it gracefully. Yeah, she, she wears it. She wears it gracefully. But congrats on that. Thank yeah. you. Congrats on that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Like, what does your role look like? What's your um, you know, day to day? What you up to these days? So, um, I lead our workforce development initiative. So that includes our youth apprenticeship work that um, was recently launched last year. So okay. we're in our second year of our pilot. And it's really an opportunity for kids coming out of BPS high school to work to access the workforce quicker. Okay. Not everyone wants to go to college or mm-hmm. can go to mm-hmm. co- go to college, you know, full time after graduation. So this gives them the opportunity to work, and they can take some higher ed coursework if they um, to higher ed. Sorry, higher ed coursework to pursue a degree. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And be able to access a full time job in two to three years where they're making at least forty five thousand a year. Wow, yeah. which which yeah. could be a game changer for yes. for a lot of students, I'm sure. And that's above the salary for minimum wage in Buffalo, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. More than half of our kids are coming from households of like $25,000 or less. So that's it's literally life-changing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have our paid internship program for our college students. 
um, that has been in existence for about seven years now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that came fast, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like that's been, you know, something that you had talked about a long time ago. And yeah. now you're already mm-hmm. seven years into yeah. what that looks like. Um, so I think for you, it's really interesting because you're working with. These are students in, in high school. Uh-huh. So you're working with this generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you see as it relates to like this newer generation and what that looks like? They don't take no mess. Yeah. 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 And we had one apprentice like calling us like the first week, like, uh-uh. They got me doing this and this and mm-mm, I don't like it. We're just like, yeah. hold on. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> you got to give it time. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they are the first generation to grow up with the internet their whole life. So mm-hmm. there's no smoke and mirrors with them. They've mm-hmm. seen yeah. it. They know what's happening. They've. Seeing all the financial turmoil, and they're just like, we ain't with it. Yeah, and yeah. And they, they really want to be affirmed. I feel like millennials kind of, like, kick the door in. You know, talking about self-care yep. and work-life balance. And Gen Z is just, like, they threw bricks through the windows. Yeah, like, bricks. Bricks, <laughs> yes. And, and, they will, and they will switch a job in a heartbeat, yes, too. Yeah, yes, yeah. and for them, they'll, they'll, they'll rather, like, do a couple side gigs mm-hmm. where they're not stressed out yeah. than be in a workplace where they're stressed out or they feel undervalued or disrespected. So right. it's different. Yeah. It's different and from an employer standpoint too, yes. right? Like, yeah, yeah, and also too, yeah, from an employer standpoint, because most of the time we, you know, from an employer perspective, you get people in the door right after college yeah. or they've worked a, f- a few years, whatever the case may be. Um, but now is the time to also interview the employer, yep. mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, and to shop around. Oh, yeah. So it's, um, again, looking at workforce development. So for the companies that you work with, uh, what is like some of the best practices? So, for some of the apprentices who go in and they thrive and they're like, this is where I want to work mm. after I finish this program, what are some of those best practices that you see? So we always say hire at least in two so they don't feel alone. Okay. So if you're the only young person or the only young person of color, we are talking about BPS where 81% of them are young people of color. There's over 80 languages spoken in the district. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So if you're the only one, it's going to be really isolating. So at least hiring in twos. And we always tell them, you know, there is multiple investments to take into consideration. So, yes, there's a financial investment because you're paying them. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also who is going to be able to support an 18-year-old in the workplace. It's not just getting them acclimated to the work. It's getting them acclimated to adulthood. So, you have to really be someone who can nurture and be patient. Mm -hmm. Um, So, it's really key to find what department or what people can actually support them. Because that can really make or break Mm -hmm. the relationship. What about from a standpoint of the employer side of that? Because I know we had talked a little bit earlier around like employer readiness because mm-hmm. employers have to be ready yeah. to take on maybe an intern that's coming out of the Buffalo Public Schools. Um, but what I guess from that standpoint, what have the characteristics of those organizations been like that people like the most that are coming into those roles? I mean, I think the organizations who are vulnerable and willing okay. to have the higher conversations mm-hmm. so far. So we are a CareerWise affiliate. Mm-hmm. Um, CareerWise was born in Denver. Um, their apprenticeship model was great, so they started to recreate it across the country through CareerWise USA. Okay. So our, our community is the only one that embeds racial equity into mm. the employer part of it. Um, you know, uh, say yes, Buffalo, we're rooted in racial equity. We take it very seriously and we're upfront about it. So our employers go through a series of racial equity learning opportunities to okay. make sure that regardless of where they're coming in. Because, you know, every organization is different. Some are, like, really progressive with right. their mm-hmm. DEI strategy. Some folks, they're so small, or maybe they just haven't done anything yet. So we want to make sure that we're giving them the opportunity to develop real skills that they can use in real time to mm-hmm. make sure they're supporting our kids. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we're really honest about that, and it's in our MOU, so it's required. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yes. Come on, MOU. Sign, put it on the the line. Line. Sign that line. 
Um, so, and to go off of that, we were talking about racial equity, and I know we've talked about this, Stephanie, about, um, you know, really now you're looking at two different paths, not two different paths, similar but different in terms of racial equity and, and diversity, equity, inclusion. Mm. And so I think when you're looking and you're talking to many em- employees, they're like, yeah, we have DEI, yeah, right? we don't say DEI. Right. Yeah, racial yeah. equity. So can you talk yeah. about that and what that actually means? Because a lot of employers don't always take it that step further. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the racism that exists in Buffalo. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but it exists. We mm-hmm. know what the statistics are. Um, and uh, although, you know, DEI is very broad, we're not going to get anywhere if we're not going to talk about racism. It's particularly anti-black racism. Okay. So we're very honest about it. Um, so we have um, this employer think tank series that we developed during the pandemic. And now we're bringing it back in person with funding through the Oshai Foundation. Um, and our first topic is decolonization. We purposely mm-hmm. did not say DEI. Mm-hmm. So we're like, either we're going to scare a bunch of folks off. <laughs> thankfully, a lot okay. of people came. Right, right, so, right. You know, we, right. a week and a half later, we had 100 people confirmed to attend. So mm-hmm. I think... People are, they have an appetite for the conversation. Mm-hmm. They probably just don't know how to go about it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's scary to talk about when you feel like you don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to have the conversation and mm-hmm. allow people in to participate. And hopefully, you know, it sparks conversation and learning right. and, like, it can deepen relationships. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, it's really... I, I think it's important in terms of what you're talking about, too, because oftentimes, you know, we have this umbrella of DEI and what mm-hmm. that looks like. But we've also more recently, I feel like, have been talking about specifics, mm-hmm. needing to be specific about what it is that mm-hmm. you're talking about. So I know that's how BIPOC, the word BIPOC even was yeah. created because mm-hmm. they wanted to be specific around yeah. when we say it, it's not just, oh, communities of color, people of color. We're talking black, indigenous mm-hmm. and people of color, right. you know, all in one term. But being more specific on what it is that you're trying to accomplish, right? right. So saying anti-black racism is very specific. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Buffalo has a very specific past and history. Um, and what you find oftentimes is people, they're not all the way clued into what that looks like right. from a historic mm-hmm. lens. Right. So what are those, I guess, like the conversations that you're having with employers and what's their ownership in that piece, right? So you're educating them to have, to have the awareness, mm-hmm. but then what? What happens after that? So, I mean, so we start off actually, so this year was a little different. We started off with anti-bias hiring training that we actually put on ourselves. That was okay. two hours. Anti-bias but, hiring. Yep. Okay. So mm-hmm. anyone who was involved in interviewing, hiring, and onboarding our apprentices have to come to that. Okay. Um, and then next up, we're actually doing a racial equity impact analysis training through the Community Foundation. That's really important because it's very, it's hyper-local. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. So we're focused on what the problems are in Buffalo. Right, right. So we're, like, setting the stage. This is this is the issue that we have, mm-hmm. and because you're part of this program, you're saying that you want to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it really lays, like, the groundwork for us working together as mm-hmm. a cohort. You know, we meet monthly with our employers. Again, we're mm-hmm. the only community that does that because it's like we need to make sure we're having yeah. high touch points. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, we're co-creating this together. Is there anything that you're struggling with? Let's mm-hmm. talk about it as a group. So we're really like being intentional. Yeah, yeah. you have to be intentional. And I think also too with the program overall, and you're talking about racial equity. And we always say once you not necessarily solve for it because it's going to be a journey, mm-hmm. but once you start to have conversations about it, you can solve for so many other yep. uh, mm-hmm. problems mm-hmm. that are out there, mm-hmm. right? And I think even being hyper focused on Buffalo communities and employers will also narrow that gap of the have and the have nots down the line, yeah. right? And so we know obviously there's a huge poverty gap or a huge uh, there's an increase in poverty over years, but there's also a gap of have and have nots. 
and ultimately it's going to solve for that issue, mm-hmm. right? And if you make the investment now, you won't have the resentism, can never say it, <laughs> or the quiet quitting, right? You won't right. have those things that are popping up right. because you're solving for that right now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And tackling, you know, racial equity. Yeah, and it's a lot, I mean, I think the other thing that, we often talk about our systems Mm -hmm. because we know that, you know, you can do trainings and education and give people tools and share language. But the reality is at the core of the issue are systems that have been put in place for a very long time um, that are rooted in dominant cultural norms. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that we don't often get to talk about, you know, from that lens. So I guess like even from that perspective, are you noticing these employers being open to receiving it? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would say even um, when you're looking at the roles, so our youth apprenticeship work, we're in advanced manufacturing, business ops, and IT. Interesting. So we're having folks, like I'll use M&T as an example. I, I love working with them. They're taking roles that are traditionally four-year degree requirements, mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. junior accountant, and saying we're going to teach an 18-year-old how to do this work. I love that. So that's something in and of itself. Yeah. We're addressing the systems that have, you know, fired a lot of people of color from being in these roles because they didn't have that degree. Mm-hmm. Right. They're saying, you know what, we'll show you how to do it, and you take some coursework along the way. Right. That's interesting to me, even from that lens, because mm-hmm. we're often we're often hearing, oh, we can't find people. Right. We, we don't have access. There's a pipeline right. issue. Right. Um, but also realizing that, hey, y'all ain't going to have the workforce right. if you don't invest right. exactly. now right. is, is probably – Right. A big indicator, too, for right. them. You know? And I think also, too, you were saying, like, with just the overall engagement has been very high. Say Yes overall has um, created the trust with the community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that, for me, is the foundation. Yeah, because, absolutely. you know, Say Yes has been around for a while now, 10 plus years. Uh, great leader. I mean, great people like yourself working for Say Yes. And, you know, Dave, let's call him out because we love Dave. Yes, we do. You know, <laughs> Dave. I, 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 <laughs> I might not win it. So, Dave, if you listen, you know, we got people who have your back, okay? Right, right. Um, but, you know, Dave is, is a leader who empowers other folks, mm-hmm. right? And so building that trust is really essential. And then going out to, to community members and employers and saying, hey, we've built this trust and this credibility. Yeah. Now it's time for you to come on board. And right. I think that is is great, right? Because even when you're talking about DEI work or racial equity work within um, the workforce now, people feel like sometimes it's being shoved down their throat, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's mm-hmm. mandatory. I got to sit here. I got to do this. But if you build trust over time, it's going to come. Right, right. It's, gonna, it's gonna happen. So for folks that don't know, we always uh, we we talk because we're amongst friends. But mm-hmm. Dave Russ is the CEO of yes. Say Yes Buffalo. Yes, um, and he's built a lot of credibility, I mm-hmm. think, in communities of mm-hmm. color, specifically, um, just based on how he leads, right, Absolutely. and being an example behind that. Yeah. So give a little context. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I get Dave. Right, Dave. Right. Come on, come on to the podcast. We do have to get Dave on on <laughs> yeah, the podcast, and he said he would. So yeah. you know, yeah. for sure. Um, I guess another question I wanted to talk about, because this conversation around generations has everybody is talking about. I literally Mm -hmm. was talking about it earlier today from a generational standpoint. Um, COVID obviously had a lot to do with how the shift in work and our approach to work is. But, you know, there's also nuance around like Gen Z feeling as though hey, we have all the information because we have access to that maybe on the Internet. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, have you seen like... What what conversations come to mind in these, you know, young people that you're working with and their approach to work? And what are you seeing? Any trends or anything that you've noticed? I mean, I think we're seeing that they like to integrate, like, work and life. Like, we have one apprentice who is, like, blogging about her apprenticeship. Okay, and, like, okay. You know, how she's navigating life. 
you know, in this new space. Um, and I will say that I, I think a lot of our kids are, like, just hungry for an opportunity. They've been, like, very humble for the most part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we haven't seen that too much okay. with our kids. But I definitely, I know. <laughs> I am aware of what you're talking about. Yeah, I think, I, like, even when I, we first launched, we had 200 kids put in, like, almost 1,300 applications. Oh, wow. Because we had some kids who were, like, applying to everything. Like, I just want an opportunity. I want to do this. Okay. So I think that just shows, like, yeah. They're hungry. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, this hasn't been an, an opportunity for them in the past. So, okay. yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Awesome. So you're balancing the work part. Now you opened up a bookstore. Yeah. So tell us about that. How did it come about? All, all those things. So there was a show that got canceled because it was kind of corny. Um called Single Parents. Um, yeah, I've nobody, heard of it. Nobody has no, watched I've heard it. Of it. I've never I don't watched know it, but I've heard it. I the person who was watching it until <laughs> okay. it got canceled. Okay. Um, but there was a black woman on the show. I think her name was Poppy, and she had, like, this wine brewery is what she called it. It was, like, a Ooh. feminist bookstore. You can, like, go. Ooh. You can buy a book, so you can, like, sit there and hang out with your friends, drink some wine. I was like, I would go there if I had that. And so I just kept thinking about it. So I told my mom one day. We were, like, at Tapo, actually, downtown. And I was, like, told her about it. I'm like, I would love to do this, but focus on, like, black culture. And she thought it was a great idea. We started talking about it. And then, you know, we got busy. And then it was just like, oh, okay, one yeah, day maybe. Yeah. And then she retired and then called me up. was like, come over on Monday. We're going to do it. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> okay. And so we filed in February of last year and then launched January of this year. So, awesome. like, literally. Yeah. yeah. So give us some context around that, too, for the people. Because yeah. we're also going to tag in the show okay. notes mm-hmm. where okay. to find you so we are right now. We're an online um, bookstore. Um, we are looking for a physical location. Buffalo's still a little wild with the real estate, commercial <laughs> real estate. So we're work- working on that. But what we're doing is actually creating the vibe that we want in our own space okay. and other spaces. So we're hosting these like really curated book club experiences where there's a facilitated discussion because some folks are like scared to talk about mm-hmm. a book. Maybe you don't f- feel like you sound smart or mm. like, like you get it. Like mm-hmm. I, it can be very intimidating. Mm-hmm. Kind of, mm-hmm. You know, it's a little snooty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I get it. It can feel very snooty, but there was like, our first one was a live DJ. There was food, there was alcohol, like a facil- facilitated discussion. So you can just hop in. Um, you know, we made it very like approachable. approachable. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so we're, that's what we're trying to do, okay. like, get people excited about reading, bringing people together, yeah. like, celebrating the black experience. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's yes. been fun. That sounds like awesome. a vibe that yeah. I need to check yeah. out, for sure. You said you had me at DJ. And wine. Well, the wine. Or alcohol. Food, yeah. Alcohol. <laughs> all yeah. the things. All the things. So, right now, for just adults, are you thinking about bringing it down to the kids level? Yeah. Or? So, mm-hmm. my mom's a retired teacher, so she's focused oh, on, nice. yeah, okay. she's focused okay. on a family literacy okay. um, series that she's, she's actually playing at right now. I love it. Yeah. So, up next, we're doing it. We focus on Black Joy, um, mm-hmm. Stories of Resistance, Resilience, and Restoration, an amazing book. Um, so, we sold out pretty quickly, and mm-hmm. there were a lot of people who wanted to attend. So, we're doing another one at the end of this month, but we're, awesome. we're doing a brunch. So, it's going to be, we're going to remix it. Oh, see, Ooh. and brunch. Okay. okay. Yeah. okay. I love we, that. That's definitely curated. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I like that because you're going to get people, like you said, the average person who may be intimidated to go right. to um, a book discussion. And yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. yeah. So, where can can the people find you? Secondchapterbookstore.com. Secondchapterbookstore.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any social media handles you want to shout out on that? Same thing on LinkedIn because I'm old. 
Facebook, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram, which are social media manager handles. Because I refuse. There you go. Oh, I refuse. Yes. Why you okay, refuse? So I'm tired. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's That's a fair. lot. That's fair. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. You heard she got a social media manager, y'all. Yeah. Well, we started this intentional, like knowing that there was no way because I worked so much that I could handle. Yeah. All those things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, having yeah. a bookkeeper, our web developer, like. Or in retainer, so if there's a, like a big edit, like yeah. hey, you I handle this. It. It, I mean, me's trying to figure it out yeah. for two hours. Yeah. I'd rather pay you to do it in yep. thirty minutes. Yep. Yes, yep. Yeah. we talk about outsourcing all the time. It's and just you have to be realistic. Yes. You can't yeah. do it all. You just Finding can't. your level of genius too. Right. Like where yep. where is your time best spent? Yeah, I absolutely. do what I'm good at: the book stuff, the, the events. Yeah, yeah, the ordering of the books, and then you know my mom handles the operation side, uh, works with the bookkeeper and. That. I, I love, love a mother that. daughter duo. Yes. I love it. It's fun. It. It's fun. Yes. You know, we'll argue like business, <laughs> like business partners, and then she'll like give me the look like. I'm still oh, your yeah. mom. <laughs> like, all right, guys, gotta right, fall in line now. Right, right. Like, all right, mom. Okay, okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, do we want to go to gym yeah, of the day? Let's do it. Let's do yes. it. What's your gym? Um. So. Um, a colleague of mine recently was trying to get me to understand that I need to let things go. Mm. I don't remember who. I think it was Deirdre Wright. Okay. I'm in that okay. In, She's yeah, good Institute people. of Nonprofit Practice mm-hmm. cohort. I think it was her who said it. So I'll give her credit. So hopefully I'm right. She said, I have to learn how to invite people in to my passion. Mm, explain mm-hmm. that. Invite folks in about the things that I'm excited about, the projects I'm working on, so they're excited about it and can take on some of the ownership Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm so very used to you know I'm from nonprofit. Yeah. Like, I'll do it. I'll yep. figure it out. Yep. I'll get it done. Yep. And yep. I'm learning to like okay, and that can help. And yes. you you should want to help. And here's how you can do this. And delegating gotcha. and yeah, power and delegating. Getting other people excited mm-hmm. about the work. So I'm learning how to. Yeah, do I think the sustainability in that though. Yeah. In sharing that passion and inviting others mm-hmm. in allows you to go further. You know, for a longer period yeah, of time absolutely. too. Absolutely. You know, yeah. but it takes time though. Wearing all yeah. the hats. It definitely yeah. takes time. Yeah, it does. So it does. I love it. I awesome. love it. Well, we were super excited to talk to you Thank today. You. Thank you Thank for coming you for on. Me. Yes. Um, did you want to shout out any other? Listen, she says you don't like the social media I side don't. of it. I want to say where people find you and information on on me on you. Say yes and the program. Okay, so say yes buffalo <laughs> We're also all over social media. For me, primarily LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I, I enjoy it. Stephanie drops all she the gems on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I'm like, what I like should be on LinkedIn? It's not an aesthetic. It's just words. I don't like dealing with the aesthetic of Instagram. It's I can see that. Too much work. Gotcha. I can see that. Gotcha. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, but Stephanie be dropping gems on LinkedIn, so follow her. Stephanie Pete. Yeah. Yes. yes. On LinkedIn. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show. We thank truly you. appreciated uh, the conversation, and yeah. we will tag everything in the show notes. Yes. Okay. So, thanks, Steph. All right, thank y'all. You. Another episode. In the books. Peace.